What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you're listening to Mike on the Mic, everything sports-related podcast. It is a rainy Monday morning on October 25th, 2021 in Chicago, and it has not stopped raining in the last 24 hours. It has been nothing but downpours, rain, and cold. I don't even know what the temperature is right now. I can grab it for you real quick. Um, Okay, it's 51 degrees outside. Um, It's fucking insane. It's fucking... October is here. You know, the fall is here. This is great weather. Um, for me personally, I love the rain. I'm a big rain guy, um, but it definitely fits the topics that we're talking about today. You know, later we have to do a breaking news episode. Matt Nagy just got diagnosed with COVID-19. So did Robert Quinn um, and, and multiple other people on that team. Jimmy Graham is one of them. Damian Williams just had it a week or two ago. Um, there's, there's a lot of people on this team that are starting to get the COVID effect. And now we have to hope that guys like Justin Fields, Khalil Mack and others don't come down with it as well, because again, not only do we have the 49ers coming up, but we have Arizona, Green Bay. Um, you know, it, the list just keeps going on and on of great competitors. The Ravens, a lot of guys we have coming up. So the COVID bug, praying it doesn't hit the rest of this team. Um, but that's not our focus today. Our focus today is the Chicago Blackhawks. Yes, we said we were going to be talking about them a lot more. Um, it's not like the Bulls where I'm going to be covering them every episode. But as, as we understand... You really do need to be relevant in order for people to want to listen. And the Chicago Blackhawks are far from that right now. They are currently 0-5-1. They have one tie, but they have not won a single game in the last six games. They lost yesterday to the Detroit Red Wings, 6-3 of all people. The Detroit Red Wings are are 3-2-1. It's just awful. It's awful. Um, And, you know, we're going to throw out a little history stat before, but we got to talk about the scores all around. Um, opening night, October 13th on Wednesday, the Blackhawks lose 4-2 to against the Colorado Avalanche. They lose 4-3 uh, to against the New Jersey Devils in overtime. They lose 5-2 um, to against the Penguins. They lose 4-1 to against the Blackhawks. They lose 4-1 to against the Canucks. And then 6-3 to to the to the Red Wings. So um, I don't know where the tie comes in. I don't know why they have it as a tie. I don't see where they tied ever. But, um, you know, it's it's definitely a situation you look at it like that. Um, the Blackhawks look bad. The Blackhawks look bad. And it's another coaching situation, in my opinion. You know, Jonathan Tays went on record today um, and said that it's a locker room thing. It's not a coaching thing. But I, I, I definitely think that's just Johnny being professional and being a great guy. Um, to Jeremy. Jeremy Colleton is not a good head coach. He is not a good head coach whatsoever. Neither is Matt Nagy. Neither are a lot of guys right now. Um, You know, throughout the Chicago era in recent years, you know, we've had Jeremy Colleton. At at one point, we had Matt Nagy, Jeremy Colleton, and Jim Boylan, all as the head coaches of their respected teams. And that was when I think, and and, uh, Rick Renteria for the White Sox. I think that was when and I think Joe Madden too, but it, it was it was the lowest Chicago's ever been for head coaches. You know, we we once had Tibbs, Lovey Smith. You know, the, the list goes on and on of just and, and and just so many and Joe Quinville and so many great head coaches. Um, but they really have fallen, and, and you know there is a lot going on right now throughout the Blackhawks locker room as well. Um, you know they are getting hit with the COVID bug. I believe Patrick Kane is in COVID protocol now as well after his one thousandth career game. You gotta pray that Jonathan Taze doesn't end up getting it because the night before you know Kaner gets COVID or goes in the protocol, Jonathan Taze introduces him and, and brings out the, the the honorary award for him. And all that good stuff, shakes his hand, takes pictures, all that. You got to hope, you know, he doesn't get it to brink it and a bunch of other guys on this team. 
Because number one, you, you got to think about Johnny. You got to think about from Johnny's perspective. You know, he has that autoimmune disease now that he missed all of last season because of. Um, you really don't want him getting COVID-19 because it, 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 we don't know. God forbid um, it's deadly for him, but it, it's definitely concerning. It's definitely something that you don't want to happen. It's definitely not something you want to f- take a risk of finding out. Um, that's not a conversation I'm, I want to have. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I'm, I, am, I will say this, though. I'm praying for the Blackhawks, whoever's affected by COVID. Um, I'm playing for Matt Nagy, even though, you know, I'm not a Matt Nagy fan. I'm definitely praying for him. I'm praying for Graham. I'm praying for all of those guys for a speedy recovery and there's no long lasting effects um, because I know that that just overall haul of just COVID symptoms um, can last for a while for some people. So with that being said, you know, let's just jump into the video, though. What do I think the Blackhawks main problem is now? Obviously, this is the first season in a very long time that they are without Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook, um, you know, both of them respectfully retiring last year. You know, you also have the situation of Jonathan Taze coming back, so that, that is a plus. You have one of the best goalies um, in the league right now. You know, so, so you definitely do have a lot to work with. You have Debrinkit, you have Kaner, you have a bunch of guys who are young, uh, Jones and so on and so forth, who can definitely get this done, who can definitely scrape up at least a 500-level hockey team. And, and that's the problem. That's the problem right now. You have the pieces. It's not like this is a shit organization. It's not like this is a shit team. Like There are Stanley Cup champions on this team. There are award-winning MVP, goalie of the year type guys, defensive player of the year type guys on this team. There's leaders. There's real leaders on this team. And last year, I couldn't really say that as much because you know they were missing a lot of key pieces. I mean, you have your three phases of, of, of the game and that's your offense defense and then your goalie and you didn't really have a fucking goalie and you didn't really have a defense and, and Jonathan Taze goes down so it's completely understandable for Jeremy's perspective and why I think Colleton definitely got a pass um, but now with this rocky start I, I understand where Jonathan Taze is coming from that definitely the locker room needs to be better um, but you know it, it's it's also a point to where you look at the teams you're playing and you also have to understand you know these are better teams but you at least need to have a fight. And, and I don't like his schematics. I don't like the way he goes about it. I don't like the way he runs the power play. I don't like any part of it. Um, now, I will say this. The power play does look a lot better than it has in years past. Um, it, kind of, it really did fall. You know, we haven't said this name in a while, but Marcus Kruger. It really did fall when Marcus Kruger left. Um, he was a big part of that power play unit. Um, but, you know, that, that just happens. It happens with any team, but you need to adjust to that. And I feel like we never really did. We never really did recover from that. We never really did find those guys who are just great in the moment, um, you know, fast-paced, two-minute offense type guys. Um, you, you really do need that, though. You really do need that, and I don't think Jeremy's that guy. I don't think he understands how to play at that fast pace that we once played at from 2010 to 2015. Not only were we fast, but we could also control how fast we were going. You know what I mean? Like, we could slow it down when we wanted to, and we could go fast when we wanted to and get, a, get our breakaways, but... That, that, that's the thing. That's the thing. You need your mismatches. You need your breakaways. You need to be able to have these, this success. And you need to practice for it. I'm not saying I, I can tell you exactly what they're doing uh, in practice because I'm not there. Um, but I just don't believe in Jeremy. I, I'm not trying to put the entire blame on a coach. There's obviously a lot of things that go into going 0-6 practically. Um, but... You know, and, and the COVID thing is a part of that as well. You know, do they lose these games that Patrick Kane and the other players affected by this are playing? Who knows? Um, but, but the biggest point is that, you know, at the end of the day, 
do you believe in these guys moving forward? Do you believe that these guys can win a championship? Um, and, and I don't believe they can with Jeremy Colleton. And, and that's just my personal opinion. And I feel like there's a lot of people out there that might disagree with me. Um, but I feel like there's more people that agree with me than disagree. So, so that's just the way I'm looking at it. I feel like um, Stan Bowman really does need to take a good look in the mirror and understand that he used Joe Quinville as an escape goat. Um, I don't feel like Joe ever deserved to be fired. I don't really... Now, I feel like years from now, we will find out more about what went into that and, and why Rocky and Stan and all of them sent that off and, and, and just agreed to that. Um, but, you know, you definitely do need to take that into consideration that somebody did need to take the blame for their shortcomings. Um, and it couldn't have been Stan because Stan obviously runs the show. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't Joe Quinville that traded away Artemi Panarin and, and a bunch of other great young players. Um, that didn't trade away Andrew Shaw, that didn't let Johnny Oduya walk, that didn't trade away, you know, Patrick Sharp and Brandon Saad twice. Um, so it, it's definitely something you have to look at it from that perspective. Uh, when, when I, what I realized, I believe, what was it, 2017, 2017, 2018, it was one of those, I forget which year it was, when they traded our Timmy Panarin for Brandon Saad, I knew right then and there that Joe Quinville was going to be used as the escape goat because there was no way in hell that that was done from a simple let's win a championship perspective. You know what I mean? Like, I love Brandon. I got mad love for Brandon Saad, the Saad father, everything he did for Chicago, um, babyface. I mean, what, what an amazing guy. What an amazing individual. What an amazing athlete. But our Timmy Panarin, at, at the age he was, which was like 20-something years of age versus Brandon Saad, who's coming towards the end of his career, um, you know, this, at least the second half of it, it, it's definitely a situation where you look at it and you go, you just didn't want to pay our Timmy. And, and I think it all starts there. And, and, and that's, you know, the same thing with Joe Quinville is that you, you just probably felt that and you said somebody needs to take the blame for this. We've seen it year in and year out. Someone always gets blamed, and even if it's the higher-ups part. Um, you know, we will see with the Chicago Bears what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, they're probably going to fire Matt Nagy, but that doesn't change the face that Ted Phillips and Ryan Pace really don't know what they're doing either. And they got blessed that Justin Fields fell in their lap, and they got blessed that Khalil Mack wanted out of Oakland because um, other, than, other than that, like, it wasn't, it wasn't looking great. So, you know, you, you were stuck with Andy Dalton and you were stuck with Pernell McPhee and you were stuck with guys like that. Um, but they fell in your lap and you got the perfect opportunity. You traded picks to get them. It's not like you, you ran up the board and, and strategically got to those places. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, the, it's the same thing for the Chicago Blackhawks. And, and, you know, I think a good comparison, I know we keep talking about different teams, is the Chicago Bulls. Um, I was a big Stan Bowman guy. But, again, Stan Bowman didn't draft Jonathan Taze. Stan Bowman didn't draft Patrick Kane. Um, there's a lot of guys that were great apart about that core and about that dynasty that Stan Bowman had no part in doing. Um, he definitely does get a good amount of credit for what he did. Um, but sometimes I think just being somewhere too long, like Theo Epstein in Boston and, and with the Cubs, sometimes you just need a new front office. Sometimes you need a new face. Um, I doubt that's going to happen. Um, but you also see that with the Bulls, too. In a span of one year, you know, I, I know we keep talking about different sports, but it's just it's just to prove my point. In a span of one year, Arturis and Billy Donovan have done more for Zach Levine than Gar Foreman and John Paxton ever did for Derrick Rose and Joe Kim Noah in their entire life. They got every single free agent, every single pick that they they hit on. You know, Io, Patrick Williams, so bringing in Vooch, Lonzo, Demar, 
uh, Caruso, a bunch of guys. They brought in a bunch of guys to be successful. Um, and, and that's more than they really did for for uh, Rose and, and Noah, really. I mean, you had LeBron, Wade, Bosh, Carmelo, a bunch of guys available, and you didn't hit on any of them in over 10 years. So, so you have to look at it from that perspective, and I feel like Stan is one of those guys who, who just makes the lazy hires. Um, now, bringing in Flurry, obviously was great you know you bring in one of the best goalies in the league and, and that's completely understandable and, and you and you trade for jones who's so young and you bring in the other brother so so you have the jones brothers you have flurry you have debrinket kaner johnny and a, and a few other cats on this team that are pretty solid um but here's the problem here's the problem at the end of the day are you going to resign all these guys you know johnny and taze uh or not johnny and taze johnny and kaner have like what one or two years left on their deal, on their 10-year deal, which is fucking insane to me if you really think about it. Um, but it, it's, it's, a, it's a situation you look at it from that perspective is what's going to happen with them. If they actually leave, you're can't. Like, you're done. Um, so I doubt they leave. I doubt they, I, I, I bet they would probably finish out their career. The only place I could think um, of them going is their hometown, you know, Caner uh, to Buffalo and, and, and Johnny to Canada. But it's definitely a situation where I think they're happy here. Um, they're happy together. Um, I could be wrong, but as of right now, I don't see any problem of it. Um, but we're not even really talking about, you know, the team itself. And I think that's one of the biggest things because I actually like this team. I think this team's very good. Um, I think they're very talented when they're at full strength and when they're all on the, on the, on the ice together. Um, but the problem is I just don't think you have the right coaching system. You don't have the right schematics. You don't have the right kind of identity that you're trying to create the identity of the dynasty of the blackhawks in the early 2010s to 2000 even to 2016-17 was to play fast was to play smart and was to play hard um and and i notice now that they play a lot a lot more passive than aggressive um you know you should you should see Kaner slash into the net uh from the corner and, and, and you used to see Hosa come flying through and, and Johnny behind the net and all these other crazy things going on. Um, and I'm trying to keep the terminology kind of, you know, not too aggressive because I know there's a lot of casual fans listening to this. Not a lot of people, you know, I'm not going to go crazy. So if you're questioning why I'm saying the things I'm saying, um, I, I just want you guys to understand where I'm coming from. If there's some people who don't follow hockey that deeply, that still wanted to listen to the episode. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely a situation. I look at it from that perspective. Um, you know, you just don't play as aggressive. You don't play as fast and you're not in a really win now mode. Like you're, I feel like the way Jeremy sets up this offense is okay. We want to get a goal. We will obviously, we want to score. Um, but it's okay if we don't like that's, that's the vibe I get. That's the, that's the vibe I get. And I don't know if I'm the only one that gets that vibe. Um, but with John, with Joe Quinville, it, it was, we need to fucking score every time the puck is in our hands. And, and, and when the puck is in theirs uh, on their sticks, whatever, you know, um, when the puck is in theirs, we're fucking taking it. And, and that's, that's really the mentality that went through that. And you bring in guys like Andrew Shaw, um, you know, and, and Daniel Carcillo and so many others to be those tough guys, to be those power play penalty type guys to just completely toughen up this team and protect your bigs and your big names. And, and we really don't have guys like that now. You know, it's, it's very passive. Um, and not that Jeremy's a huge part of that, but I think he definitely is a part of that. You know what I mean? So with that being said, um, I really don't know how to turn this Blackhawks team around. I doubt you fire your head coach <laughs> in the first week of hockey. 
uh, the first seven games. I, I doubt it. Um, but I do think if you do it now, it ha- gives you something to build off of this season. And obviously, Joe Quinville is not going anywhere. He's happy with the with the Florida Panthers, and, and he's doing his own thing. Um, but there's, a, there's, just, there's just so many things that I think this is so much bigger than just Jeremy. I think a big part of this is Stan Bowman. Um, Tavo, Tavo Teravainen, or Timmy Panarin, um, and, and so many others are just amazing players. You know what I mean? And, and you let them go for what? Um, that's what didn't make sense to me. Tavo was one of those guys I really did think was going to be one of the new faces of the Blackhawks. Uh, he's been amazing with the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, Timmy Panarin has been amazing with the Rangers and everywhere else he's gone. Um, you know, so so that, I, I love Kirby Doc. I love Kirby Doc to death. I love Alex Dabrinkit. They're great young pieces. They're great young guys. Um, you know, I love Jones. I love Kaner, obviously, and Taser. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like if you also had... Tavo and, and our Timmy and, and other guys to add on to that, um, you're, you're really looking at it from that perspective that this team could be really good. Um, and the cornerstone of that team, I mean, let's be quite honest, you know, if you, if you look at it from that perspective, maybe we wouldn't have Jones, maybe we wouldn't have a couple other guys, um, but we would be a force offensively. But again, it all starts with your head coach and what he wants to run. If you're playing passive and you have a bunch of guys who are the, some of the fastest skaters in the league, and you don't allow them to build on that and be those guys. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's, it's the same in basketball when you have a, a speedy point guard, when you have a John Morant, a Derrick Rose, a Russell Westbrook. If you're making them play passive like you currently see with the Lakers and Russell Westbrook, you're going to see a different Russell Westbrook where he only gives you eight points a night. Or, you know, he's just quieter than usual. And it's because he's so used to playing to his strengths and being that explosive, fast-paced team um, you know, and, and you have to take into account that this Blackhawks team is aging, and I do completely understand that. Um, but it's definitely something you have to look at from my perspective, too, is that, you know, we have gotten a lot younger as well. You know, like Fleury obviously isn't the youngest, um, but, but Jones, the Jones brothers are. You know what I mean? Debrinkit is. Kirby is. So you have, to, you have to really use that to your advantage if you want to win this series. Not a series, but... If you first of all, if you even want to make the playoffs, nonetheless a playoff series. Um, so, so you have to really look at it from that perspective. I think there are a lot of question marks moving forward. Um, currently wearing my uh, St. Patrick's Day Blackhawks hoodie. Got it at Marshalls. Marshalls is an amazing place to fucking get stuff, dude. This was like nineteen bucks. It's normally like seventy. Um, Marshalls is the shit. But it, I, I have no idea what direction this team should go in. I have no idea what the Blackhawks can do to fix this, because this is an issue I've been talking about for a very long time. Um, And just like Gar Foreman and John Paxton, it really takes ownership. Rocky has to be one of those guys to understand that Stan has done more harm. It's hard to say that. It's really hard to say that, that he's done more harm than good. Um, But let's put it like this. Joe Madden of the Chicago Cubs is one of those situations where, yes, he won you a championship, but he's doing more harm than good currently and and that's that's the that's the idea that rocky and the ownership needs to have need to have um when you're when you're talking about the blackhawks right now with stan bowman because yes we we had a dynasty yes 2010 2013 2015 always making the playoffs it was amazing it was a great experience i loved it my pops loved it before he passed away my mom and my sister my brother-in-law we all it was an amazing time you know we chased the cup we met guys um, and, and it was just the coolest experience ever. Um, but unfortunately, 
those days are over and you need to acknowledge it for what it is and what's happened since then. And we've lost out on guys like Tavo who were, you know, not only Stanley Cup champions with us, it's just more Stanley Cup champion experience and playoff experience, which is kind of what we're sort of lacking right now. Um, but it, it, it's also one of those things where you give up our Timmy, who him and, you know, he wins rookie of the year. Um, you know, Kaner wins MVP with him. And, and they look like they have, even though this kid's from Russia and Kaner's from Buffalo and Boston, like, it, it's, it's, it's crazy the chemistry that those two had. And, and you just gave up on it for a business decision. And, and I felt like that was crazy. Um, you know, there's a lot of other places and a lot of other people that, came in and out because of Stan Bowman and I felt like they were a long-term, you know, option with this team. Um, you know, so th- that's definitely something you have to take into consideration. But with that being said, I'm praying for the Blackhawks that they figure this out. I do think Jeremy has to go. I do think Stan has to go. Um, but we'll see what happens throughout the rest of this year. I think it could be a long year. I really do. Um, it could go either way though. You know, it is very early on once these guys get back from COVID protocols, who knows, you know, if this team does figure it out, maybe Johnny's right. Maybe it is a locker room situation that they need to figure out. And once they do, they'll be perfectly fine. But until then, we won't know until we know. So I will leave it at that. I do think the Blackhawks still have a good shot at being a potential playoff team. I just think if they want to do it, they need to do it fast because the playoffs come quick, baby. And there's no way you're going to be, you know, given easy games down the stretch because it's, it's easy. It's easy in the beginning of the year. So the end of the year is when guys are fighting for their life. Um, and guys really do need to step up. So with that being said, this is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Peace out and go Hawks.